Hey guys, welcome back uh, from Faulty Logics. This is another episode of the Raptors Den. I'm here. My name's Peter, and I'm here with my buddy Dan, the, the resident fantasy guru god there. Um, bring you another episode of the Raptors Den coming out this week. Um, a lot of good stuff that happened in the last week in the NBA world. We're looking forward into getting into all of the, the juicy topics. But I know Dan wanted to touch on one thing before we get too deep into the NBA. Yeah, so uh, as you guys know, we do have a little giveaway that we're doing. So um, again, what's at stakes is two Google Play uh, gift cards worth $15 each. Um, it's very simple. All you have to do is make sure you subscribe. Once we hit 100 subscribers, we're going to pick comments from all existing comments in our Raptors Den episodes. So whether you commented in the previous videos or you want to comment in this one, leave something basketball related, whether it's Raptors related or just anything NBA related, we'll pick you and uh, we'll draw two winners from a hat basically out of the comments. So uh, yeah, make sure you go down, hit that subscribe button and drop a comment below. Definitely. The main thing is the subscriptions and the comments there, guys. Let's get those going here for us. Um, but let's jump right into the NBA debate here right now. Um, coming from the world of the Raptors in Toronto, the biggest thing that happened since the last time we were here on the air was the Kyle Lowry injury. Not sure if any of our fans out there have, were watching the game in Brooklyn, I do believe. Even right if before. you didn't watch it, though, you know. You, you've it. seen the videos. You, If you were anything related in the NBA, you've seen this video. <laughs> It was a disgusting fall. It was a minute into overtime, or maybe just before overtime there, Kyle Lowry went up for a big grab of a rebound. It was a big rebound. We needed it. Yeah. Got undercut from a, a Nets player. It was a, it was a clean play. It wasn't anything dirty at all. But the way he came down, it was dramatic. I personally thought season was probably done. <laughs> I thought tailbone, bruise, fracture, back spasms i thought the absolute worst especially when he tried to stand up and walk off and he just dropped yeah that made my heart drop i don't know about you dan i don't know how you feel about that video but i was watching the end of that game as well too and even leading up to that particular play or incident um there were a couple of like hard falls right before that as well too for kyle i mean the whole game he was right tossed. so when that happened like i stood up out of my seat like literally i was like i was like not even as a Raptors fan or like a Lowry fan, it just that was a painful basketball yeah, play to watch. Exactly. I was like, "Damn!" Because it's one of those things that happened so in like so genuine, genuine in the game. Like yeah. that was nothing out of the ordinary. He just went up for a rebound. A guy went up for the rebound as well. Got a little bit lower and head over heels right onto his back. Yeah, like it was first thing. Bad. I was like, "Man, I hope this guy nothing wrong with his spine, no yeah. fractures," because that that would be definitely season ending. That, yeah, that would have been bad. Um. Luckily, the diagnosis from after after the injury from the Raptors camp, it was a day-to-day -day injury. I don't like that designation for injuries because what does that mean? Day-to-day, -day, I'm thinking you should be back within a week. It's been roughly a week here now, and there's been no changes in that diagnosis uh -huh. that he's still day-to-day. -to, -day. to me, day-to-day -day means within a week, but realistically, it can be two weeks, three weeks. We really don't know. Right. Um, luckily, the Raptors didn't get too hindered in the two games so far that Kyle has missed. We did play the Miami Heat as well as the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have the Golden State Warriors here coming up tonight. I'm not sure if you guys are knowing. We are shooting here on Saturday, um, January the 13th. So it is right before the, the Warriors-Raptors game in uh, the ACC. Yeah. 
I probably won't be able to get this episode till like Sunday night, to be honest. Fair. So okay, so it's gonna be after the show, but it's gonna be taped before the show. So we'll, we'll get you updated with the updates of that game in the next week's podcast for sure. Um, but let's j- dive right in with the first game that Kyle missed: Raptors versus Miami Heat at the ACC. Um, overall, I was kind of impressed by the showing of the Raptors. They were hungry the whole game, sort of a battle back. But saying that as well, I was kind of disappointed in the overall showing of the of the Heat game, purely because the Heat should never have been that close in the game as they were. Yeah. Um, it turned out that we lost by a point with a last second bucket by Wayne Ellington. In overtime. Right? In overtime. Um, defensive uh, miscommunication between Pascal and OG and Anobi. Understandable when it's two young guys in a crunch time situation right. like that. We can make those mistakes. It's it, it's expected, but it's not condoned. Like, right. We have to get those out of the game if we want to make a run. Yeah. Um, but overall, but like, at the same time, like you rather have that kind of a mistake losing by one point than being blown out by thirty. Exactly, or just having no games, no no chemistry at all. Right. Um, but I don't know, how did you feel about that heat game with the Raptors? Um, I didn't get to watch it. I heard about it because I was uh, I was playing volleyball. But uh, I heard at the beginning of the game, DeRozan was struggling. Yep. So I think that's the first game since in the new year that we're starting to see him become human again. Yep. <laughs> so, but uh, apparently he picked it up near the end of the game, which he brought did. us back. Right? Which brought so, us back into make it even close in overtime for that last little bit. Um, overall, like like you said, DeMar was struggling. But I, I don't think we can just blame it solely on DeMar. Of course, if DeMar is struggling, the team's going to struggle. But to me, that was an overall team struggled game opposed to one guy. Then again, it was off of back-to-back with that Nets game, which also went to overtime. Mm-hmm. So it was an extended day, um, a long back-to-back there. It was tough, um, especially missing our point guard and um, Lowry. Kind of tough, but overall, good game. Wish the outcome was a little bit different. But the main thing inside of that game were the two incidences revolving players former Raptor player James Johnson and Serge Ibaka, current Raptor player. They got into fisticuffs in the middle of the court, halfway through the third quarter, maybe a little bit closer to the end of the third quarter, which ended up with both of these guys being ejected. Yeah. How do you feel about that uh, disagreement or what do you think happened that got these guys so wild up? Um, well, from just watching the video over and over again, um, I think it all started with um, Serge Ibaka having his hands on James Johnson's hips. I don't know if he was holding him down or holding his shorts or whatever it is, but James Johnson retaliated by elbowing him down. And you don't want to get elbowed by James Johnson. No. Like apparently he's what he has a perfect M, uh like MMA record, seven he's, and O. He is a, a lace uh certified black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. He does like, like kickboxing, he's yeah. like twenty two and O or something. I would not want to <laughs> run into James Johnson in a dark alley after <laughs> after the dark ever. Like especially when he was with the Raptors, we knew he was that kind of guy that was, if you touch Kyle or DeMar inappropriately, he's going to say something. He's going to be the, the enforcer of the team. Yeah. Um, which, since he moved on, it seems like Abaka is trying to take that position right. on the Raptors team as well. Right. So this, I don't want to say hotheads, but two guys that know that they are the enforcers of the team, right. butting heads. Um, I, I totally agree with you there, uh, Dan, in that, in that analysis that 
it was somewhat mutual. Abaka was having his hands on James Johnson just to know where his defender is mm. or where his man that he's marking is all the time. Of course, me playing basketball, I don't like people touching me at all. Like, get, yeah. get your hands off me. Just right. let me do my thing. Um, so, of course, I think it was just one of those basketball plays where tempers got heated. It was a playoff-type atmosphere game from the tip-off. So, yeah, it was one of those heated the ones. So, so, we knew it was coming coming to that. Of course, we don't condone fighting or violence at all. Um, but you can see that that's where the game was going, in that direction of a physical game. Since that time, James Johnson has released a, a statement saying he has apologized to his team and his organization. Should have had cooler heads prevailed in that situation. Um, however, I, I liked it. I like Ibaka being tough. I like him not taking any garbage, which in past Raptor teams, stuff like that happens. And we just take it. No, I don't, I don't like that. I like the, the I'm here too. Uh, you have to respect me. This is going to be a heated Eastern Conference battle right. where very well we could see each other in playoffs. First round, second round, it's it, it's looking like the Heat and the Raptors might have a playoff match, right. which is going to be a fantastic uh, series. Looking into that, so I don't know. I like it. Abaka, James Johnson, both being tough, representing their team. Nothing too bad out of it. Yeah, it, I think it's good. And uh, definitely the they both got... Uh suspensions One and games. fines yep uh deserved so well deserved well, well managed by the organization by not the organization by the league um that could have been a total debacle where it could have been no suspensions and that doesn't do anything or they could have went way overboard to give him a five game suspension each or right, something right. stupid like that um i think it was well managed it was very well quick to the point one game suspension right off the top we right. knew it was bad good to go nothing happened um both guys seem to have cooled down after it. I don't know if they've shook hands or anything. I can't imagine that they did. But it looks like they have cooled off and it's not going to be uh, an ongoing issue with the Heat and the Raptors. Because we do have two more games against them this upcoming se- in the season still to come. We'll, we'll see. Uh, oh. Maybe it will carry on. Yeah. Hey, if they will, could. It, I hope it will. That'll be a good storyline so we have something more to talk about in our next yeah. in our upcoming week's podcast. Yeah. But as well, in that same game, at the very end of the game, when there was 0.3 seconds left, Raptors down by one. Um, last second heave by DeMar DeRozan. Uh, did, wasn't close to the rim or anything of that nature. And then Gordon Dragic got in the face of DeMar. Yeah. Not sure what he said. Don't know what the incident, how it came about. But it did end up with both guys getting restrained by their respective teams right. to go into the locker room. What do you think Gordon said or DeMar said that got these guys wild up? Yeah, that's a really interesting one because... I mean, as far as what we have in info, uh, DeRozan has said it was just some, the way that he was looking at me or something like <laughs> that. And maybe he thought that I was trying to get in his face, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't know. I think, again, it was all because of that game and the intensity and all the physicality mm-hmm. going through it. Playoff um, atmosphere. It was, it was very interesting, yeah. It was. Um, I, I liked it as well. The, again, some physicality from the Raptors and the Heat organizations. I love it. Um, like you said, it was... The, the way that Gordon Dragic was looking at them at the end of the game, it was one of those half smirks like, gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah. We got you. We got the W. You take that shot. It doesn't matter. You're still a loser. <laughs> Don't forget, Demar is from Compton. He's from the hard streets of Compton. You can't, you can't be walking into the ACC and doing things like that right. when it's his court. Just had a tough loss by a point. He didn't have the best game at all the, the overall right. as, a, as a player. So I think it was just bad timing in the whole situation. Yeah. And that's the thing too, like you rarely ever see 
DeRozan loses. Exactly. Court. He's very mel- uh, mild-mannered. Right. So that's why there's kind of surprising to me that he got into the face of Gordon Dragic, who also is quite of a mild-mannered kind of guy as right. well. Um, but then again, they're both respective leaders on the team. Gordon Dragic is, if not the leader of the Heat's team as of right now. Right. Um, so it's both captains just fighting for the team after a very hard, hard-fought game, well-fought, playoff-type atmosphere, um, looking into the future as well. Now, um, with these incidents here, DeRozan and uh, Dragic got fines for it. I do believe so. Uh, no suspensions, no missed games or anything like that. And just for me, reading these like Raptors boards and everything like that, Facebook groups, um, I noticed a lot of people comparing this uh First of all, they were like pissed off that Serge Ibaka got a game suspension, and uh, um, Isaiah Thomas only got a fine mm. and a flagrant too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of comparisons back and forth, and I just wanted to set this shit straight. Um, those are two completely different plays. Completely different. <laughs> you can't compare that. It's like comparing apples to oranges it because is. Isaiah Thomas, he there was a flagrant two foul, ejected, uh, ejected. He faced the fine, and it was it was a basketball play. That's where I took the words right out of my mouth there, Dan. Right? right. Whereas the fight, it's something that's unnecessary. It could have been avoided, and it wasn't part of the play. Exactly. That's why they got ejected, and that's why they got fined as well. Because that one and suspended. and suspended. So that one was the the fight between Abaka and James Johnson was so unnecessary and unbasketball related. Right. That that's why they got the suspension. The Isaiah Thomas on the Andrew Wiggins incident. I, I don't know if you guys were aware of that incident. It's pretty it was brutal. a clothesline <laughs> in the face trying to get into the paint. Yes, it was definitely a flagrant two. Yeah. Yes, he should have got ejected. Yeah. Yes, he should have got fined. Yeah. Anything above and beyond that would have been unnecessary. Right. It was a basketball play immediately after connection from Isaiah Thomas to Andrew Wiggins. He put his hand up. He went to check on Andrew Wiggins. He knew it was a bad mistake. Yeah. He went for the ball, missed the ball, got the face. If you have ever played meaningful basketball, even on the streets, on the Y, you understand things like that happen. A guy does a, a nifty move with the ball when he's going off the layup. You go to swipe it, you get his leg. You get his arm. You get his shoulder. Yeah. Things like that happen all the time. Um, maybe not to the face or to the extent of what Isaiah Thomas did, but that's why he got the mid-game ejection and the fine. But anything above and beyond that, that would have been way too much over dramatic because it was, like you said, a basketball play. Right. But moving on to the next game in that week that the Raptors had played, I know probably everyone's heard about this game as well. It was nationally televised in the States. They're one of the very few games that the Raptors get nationally televised. <laughs> um, but it was against the Cleveland Cavaliers in Atlanta. In the ACC, which just turned out to be an absolute dominating performance from your Toronto Raptors against the King and his Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, granted, they are coming off of another beatdown that LeBron James has sustained against the Indiana Pacers. No, the Pacers were after. Um, the, game, the Minnesota Timberwolves were before the Raptor game. Um, Let's just throw it over to here. What do you make of that game there, Dan? Is it precursing to the June saying, like, might as well give the Raptors the championship and give them first in the East? Or is it it's still January? There's still three to four months of basketball left. 
let's chill out a little bit. Um, I think it's 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 the latter. Um, I mean, the Raptors don't get me wrong; they played amazingly well. Um, DeRozan he played a not so great game, but what good came out of it was that all the other guys picked it up for him. Yep. So we can see the team winning even without a Lowry, even without Baca, yep. even without DeRozan performing well with his so scoring performances and they dominated the Cavs that's mm-hmm. that's a really good sign for the Raptors on the other hand the Raptors are uh, the, the Cavaliers they weren't playing at their best either they're playing complete trash and that carried over from the the Timberwolves game yeah this is uh the first time in LeBron's career that he's lost two games in a row t- with a 20 point a deficit of 25 point plus yeah um and Again, a lot of people posting on these boards shitting on LeBron James. I have to keep it real. I'm a basketball guy. I got to keep it real. You can't blame LeBron for this. His team was not helping at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> you have like uh, you have J.R. Smith shooting 0 for 12 over yeah. the two past two games. You have Isaiah Thomas shooting like... 1 for 13 or something? 2 for 13? Yeah, like over the Kevin two Love? games, he was shooting like 5 for 25 or something. Uh, Kevin Love was shooting six for thirty. Those three guys from your starting lineup that aren't shooting well, and you can't really dog on LeBron for that. Like he's out there doing what he can, but if those guys aren't hitting shots, he's not going to be able to make easy shots either, right? And he's still shooting over fifty percent on both of those games. Yeah. <laughs> so the main thing that I took away from that game was they, the Cavaliers, overall in the Raptors game, they shot under thirty-two percent. Under 32%. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Plus, the Raptors were dominating on the boards. They had over 60 boards in that game. I think that was the first time in franchise history that they had plus 60 boards in a game. Um, and that is without one of our better rebounders in Ibaka. Right. Our, our defensive presence, our guy in the middle. So, like you said, I, I would agree with you there, Dan. It was a little bit of the latter that we aren't... This doesn't really say anything about the playoffs that are about to Can't come. Can't get overconfident. No, this is nothing. But it is a benefit for the Raptors to have that kind of game. One, it was a confidence booster. Yeah. Two, we gave experience to players that should not see the court in an NBA game, <laughs> let alone against the Cavaliers, <laughs> and get confidence and, and, and just game time in a, yeah. in a meaningful game. Like, we had... At the end of the game, with like six minutes left, we had three G leaguers on the court playing against arguably the top three teams like in NBA history. Like the Cavaliers are one of those best teams that that ever were assembled. Yeah, it was one of their down games around this time, but with the nationally televised game, there were a lot more analysts dissecting this game for Raptor fans that haven't been able to get those kind of analysts on a Raptors game. I remember Kenny the Jet Smith on TNT was talking about generally around this time in the late December's, early January's before the All-Star break, it is a LeBron James type of thing that his teams tend to take a decline going into the All-Star break to kick it up and rattled off 18-19 game wins in the second half of the season. So this is, I don't want to say expected of of a LeBron James-led team, but it is something that you have seen coming for the multiple years of, of LeBron James's career. So it is something that he could turn around. There is still tons of time left yeah. in the season. You can't count out the Cavs. But I do like that win because of the confidence building that Fred Van Vliet, 
yeah. um, the backup point guards for the Raptors got. Dropped a career-high 22 points against the Cavaliers. Um, and Portal. Another, Portal had a huge game as well. Um, JV with 18 boards and 20 minutes of, ba- of, of floor time. Yeah. Um, that's what the main takeaway was, as well as without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, we can still have good basketball. Right. Team-oriented, defense-led, without having DeMar DeRozan put in 35, 40 points. Right. So it is just, like I said, a confidence builder, but it does not say anything about playoffs. So the one thing I also want to point out too is that, um, like you said, the Cavaliers or LeBron usually generally struggles in the month of January. Um, it's kind of expected as well this year too, just knowing that Isaiah Thomas is coming back, back from injury. injury. And the thing that a lot of people don't know too is that uh, teams with a lot of veterans and older guys like the Cavaliers, they don't generally practice. They yeah. have they have shootarounds, but they don't do practices. So. Yeah. For Isaiah to Thomas to come in and not be able to go through full practice or anything like that, he doesn't have his legs. Mm-hmm. So he has to get his legs through playing games. So right now it's kind of like his preseason, basically. Mm-hmm. So the sooner he gets that better or back, the better they're going to come. And they're going to have to figure out how to play with him in a game. And yep. he's going to have to figure out how to play with them in games. Yep, and defensive rotations as well. Yeah. Watching the Raptor game, you could see that they were lost on rotations. especially oh, terrible. Especially because from what I can see, is that they didn't really know too much about the Raptor players that were on the court. Like, there's not much game from on OG Ananobi, right. rookie. Right. Portal has a couple game phones. Like, yes, that's fine. Pascal Siakam, relatively unknown. Fred Van Vliet, definitely unknown. Mm. Um, Norman Powell, yes, they know who he is, but to the extent of what we were using him, they, they just did not know what to expect right. without two of our mainstay players, Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka. So that was another benefit of it to me from what I could see from that game as well. Yet, you can't knock anything on the Raptors. You have to give them credit. Right. It, it would have been very easy for them to come out and, and they lose by 30 points. And then what would people be saying? Oh, that's just the Raptors and the Cavaliers. That's what <laughs> we can expect the Cavaliers to No, they still have to come out and you still have to play the game, yep. which is what they did. And, and the Raptors got the better of the Cavaliers this year. Yeah. Uh, well, not this year. This, this game. This not game. one game. Yeah, this game. Um, so... With veteran teams, they don't really care about regular season as well. They know that they need to have a, a decent record going into playoffs. Decent seeding. Decent seeding and a decent role going into the playoffs. With like winning 7 out of 10 of the last games going into playoffs. That's what veteran teams know that they need to do. So these mid-January, late December games, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to them. It's when we get closer to the Marches, the Aprils. That's when they get honed in, and that's when you're going to see the Cavaliers uptake in their productive, in their productivity, in their efficiency, in their scoring. That's when it gets a little bit dangerous. Um, it is something to watch going forward. The Cavs are on a little bit of a of a losing skid as of right now. Of course, if if there was any person to get them out of the skid, it is LeBron James. So I think it's a work in progress, but they're gonna they're gonna right the ship. You can't count them out. Um, but going on from the Raptors uh, a little bit there, we did talk about everything that happened there for the last week. Um, but one interesting thing that happened here recently overseas as well was that uh, Mello and Jello, the Ball brothers, had their first Lithuania game experience. Yes, their debut. Um, so, Dan, why don't you take away on that <laughs> one there? And uh, how did the boys play though, out there in Lithuania? 
Uh, so I, I pretty much only just watched the highlights. I Me didn't too. watch the full game. Nah, but it's uh, possible to find a Lithuanian <laughs> stream here in Canada. But well, uh, from from the highlights, it looked good. It they looked good. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm surprised that um, Mello only had ten points. <laughs> like, I did not see him to be a uh, somebody who's gonna get ten assists or nine assists or whatever it was that he got. I thought he was just a shooter. Yep. Right. So. Even from the very first episode of our podcast, like I, one of the things that I said about him making it to NBA was, we know he can shoot, but can he pass? And can he, can he play as a team? Right? Yeah. So it looks like right off the bat, he's starting to show some of these uh, talents. Maybe yeah. this has been a good uh, move for him. I think it, it, from what we can see yet again, it was only one game. Right. Like we, can't, we can't be crowding them future NBA <laughs> all-stars here yet. And, and it was a Lithuania game. <laughs> Surprisingly to me, especially with um, Melo being 16 years of age, the youngest um, American professional basketball player there, they said, yep. he was over, overall surprising to me. Like you said, he had the 10 assists. He had a double-double in his first professional debut. Some of those passes were well, nice, nice, too. There was a, a fast break looking up um, through the, the Titan Tron there, saw a guy was training him. Nice bounce pass to the trailer with a dunk. It was well done, good execution. I thought, hey, the the sky's the limit for these guys in Lithuania. I think if they can continue going going this way, they can yeah. very well be a, a benefit to go to Lithuania and, and taking them out of the NCAA schooling. Um, There's and, one layup that he did that was really impressive to me. It was a reverse layup, mm. and he has so much spin on the ball. Usually, you see like a reverse layup, it'll bounce off the backboard, it'll continue going up a little bit, then yep. trajectory down, right? This one hit the backboard and then just went straight back down into the net. I was like, what the? You must have been watching some Kyrie Irving, some game film, because <laughs> yeah. Kyrie Irving and the spin and the English on the ball off the glass, one of a kind. I, I, I do have to admit, that was a nice little layup there as well. Yeah. Um, but we can't, we can't uh, forget his older brother, uh, Leangelo, Jello there. He dropped a game high 25 points. That was about it. That all he really did. He was all, all about pointed about three or four, maybe five boards, something yeah. like that. Pretty decent percentage in the field as well. But overall, I, I think it was a good move to move them to the to Lithuania for now. It's one game. Yeah. There's a lot that can go wrong. I also did see a video that they got Lavar Ball at halftime to come and shoot a couple half court shots, purely for publicity and um, ticket sales. But then, can you fault the Lithuanian Basketball League for that? Of course not, and 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 to add to that too, Lavar Ball, um, apparently he's got some deals with uh, Facebook and the team to leave Lithuania and play some other European teams and have it streamed on, on Facebook. Facebook. Hmm. Yeah, did not so that. He's making money moves out there too. Money moves <laughs> everywhere. Lavar Ball is the epitome of an American hustler. Like any way he can make a buck, he will make a buck. Um, you got to respect him for that. You do. You do. I, I, I respect him for trying to make the most that he can out of his situation, trying to better his family, um, and, and trying just to make a better quality life for his family, his boys, yeah. and give them everything that they want as well. Yeah. Um, but speaking to those money moves that uh, LeVar Ball has been making, yeah. the Business Bureau came better out. Bureau. The Better Business Bureau came out with their grades for all brands out across the globe. Uh, mainly in the in the states, there, the big baller brand came back with an overall grade of an F. <laughs> to me, that is quite substantial because that is huge. But um, how do you feel about that grade for the big baller brand? 
Um, well, from reading into it a little bit, um, I'm not too surprised to be honest because uh, I sent you a video once. Yeah. Like we talked about his shoes one time, and yeah. I sent you a little link of uh, this guy that reviewed his product. And they were like <laughs> toys. They were like plastic, not even good material. Yeah, I'm trying to say not felt or suede, but it's like they look like, like trash, like, like paper. Like it was, <laughs> it was not. I would not pay four hundred dollars for this. I wouldn't pay fifty bucks for these shoes. Yeah. Um, it looks like it would guarantee you blisters. Yes, but like, but then again, it, it is. It is. I don't want to say a prototype, but it is their first shoe that they released. Uh, I can't imagine that everyone's first shoe is a award-winning shoe, but this was garbage. Yeah, <laughs> like, just garbage. Yeah. And then the other thing too was that that video mentioned that it took about six months for the product to arrive, so it took a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of people are just saying they're not happy with their products. They're not happy with. Um, the service and yep. everything. Everything is just not going well with that shoe. I, I'm interested to see what um, uh, Ice Cube has to say about <laughs> it. He has bought in a handful of pairs of those um, LO2s, those yeah. whatever they're called, the Zos 2. I've heard, him, heard from him since. Um, yeah, I haven't heard anything about uh, Ice Cube and the Big Bottle brand at all. Um, kind of funny to see that as well. I would figure that LeVar would have put more money and more time into making a quality product because to me he looks like a quality guy and like he would only take the best especially when you try and charge four hundred dollars for these (laughs) shoes you would expect them to be heads and shoulders better than any other shoe in the competition or in the market where it just wasn't i don't know if it was bad leadership by the the leaders of the big baller brand bad market research bad branding It, it it just looked like a colossal mess up from that whole brand itself. Um, hopefully they can get it back together, um, but we would have to see our, ourselves. Yeah. Um, but off of that there, loosely there, there was um, developing news as well in a lawsuit with the big baller brand with not paying employees for marketing, um, internet, web design, te- web web design and, and, and things of that nature. That is more, the, more news to come on that front. Just giving our, our viewers a little bit of a head start. If you do, do see anything, definitely comment a, uh, a link that we can go check out to try and get some more information on that. We were doing our research before this. We couldn't find too, too much information on that situation. But it is something that is going on with the big bottle brand and the lawsuit that uh, LeVar Ball is, is facing, potentially right. facing. Right. Um, but we can move on from the Ball brothers there. Unless anything you wanted to add there or anything? Oh, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, we can move on to the Ball brothers and the Ball family going over to the trade trade rumor mill that's always churning in the NBA there. Um, there was a little bit more information on the potential DeAndre Jordan Cleveland Cavaliers deal. Um, I know in past episodes we were talking about potentially having that Brooklyn first round draft pick that the Cavaliers have in talks for with the um, DeAndre Jordan trade or maybe the Cavaliers first round draft pick being in talk with DeAndre Jordan trade. The most up-to-date trade rumor that I heard was that it was looking like DeAndre Jordan for Tristan Thompson, Channing Fry, and that Brooklyn number one overall pick. Right. To me, that's losing quite a bit for DeAndre Jordan. I'm not sure if it would be the best deal that the Cavaliers could make. Um, but the Cav- but the Clippers, on the other hand, are in a total buy mode. Blake Griffin with that injury, with people. Blake is back though. Blake is back, but with yeah. uh, and DeAndre uh, got injured recently, actually yesterday yeah. or the day so, before. So what does that mean to his trade value? Trade value. 
Um, but how do you feel about if that trade take away injuries, take away anything banged up or even team situations? How do those two players in the draft pick sound for DeAndre Jordan? And I also heard that the Clippers might throw in a second round pick. Don't know about that. But how does that trade even sound to you? Um, so I think the biggest loss here, to be honest, is that Brooklyn first rounder. Um, because one of the young guys that is coming up is Trey Young. Mm-hmm. And if, if the Cavaliers can land that guy, holy. <laughs> that, I don't <laughs> want to think about that. that. That's just not even fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, other than that, like, what else do they really need a Brooklyn first rounder for, right? It's true. Other than, the, the, other than the fact that LeBron might leave. That's, that's the only reason why they're keeping it. Um, but this trade, in my opinion, is better for the Cavaliers from the last trade that they had, which included Iman Shumpert instead of Channing Frye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better for the Cavaliers just based on the fact that I think Iman Shumpert is a, a great defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you give him opportunity to handle the ball, I think he can get into rhythm and he can score the bucket. He is, yeah, bucket. and he's a good shooter too. He's a 3 and D guy kind of guy. When you look at Channing Frye, he's basically coming in just at the end of games when they don't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. Now they have Kevin Love playing center. They have Tristan Thompson coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. They rarely ever are going to need Channing Frye unless it's a blowout. Yep, um, or if they're down by three and they need one kind of a play right. with all shooters on the floor right. and he can space the, the court. The second biggest loss that the Cavaliers are going to have from this trade is that with Fry leaving to the Clippers, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the road trip and podcast. Mm, mm, that is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Like, I really like that podcast. And I know, like, Richard Jefferson is still doing it in Denver. Um, but, I mean, it started off in Cleveland with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry and Ali Clifton. Mm-hmm. And with Channing gone, what do they do? Oh, they're going to pick it up again. Uh, Who's going to fill it in? Or is Channing actually going to go and do it in the other team, because it seems like Ali Clifton is the one that's doing most of the heavy work. Of the work right now. So, that would be oh, funny man. if that is the reason that is hindering this trade is <laughs> something that's unbasketball related. That would be hilarious. I wouldn't put it over the Cavaliers organization there. But I, I think you hit the nail right on the head there, Dan. I don't think it would be the best trade. It wouldn't be the worst trade for either teams as well. Um, like you said, to me, that Brooklyn first-round pick is gold. Like, you can either flip it for a somebody a little bit better than DeAndre Jordan, or you can hold it in in the potential of LeBron going elsewhere and then starting your rebuild with a nice first-round overall, first-round pick where it's going to be within that 10, 10 range, 10 and higher, because right. Brooklyn is not that great at all. Right. Um, to me, I would hold it. Or I would have to flip that Brooklyn first round and get a first rounder back. Like, I couldn't take a second round pick with a Clippers second round pick. Mm-hmm. It's going to be decent, but it's not going to be the best. Um, but the Cavaliers got to make a move. The team is not looking good. They, they do have to make a move. Um, to me, would DeAndre Jordan be that move? I, I still don't know. Over Tristan Thompson? Yes. I think so. Okay, yes. well, over Tristan Thompson, yes, definitely that would be a yeah. better move. I don't know if DeAndre Jordan is the piece that will bring them over the top to bring them and beat the Warriors because inevitably, I don't know if it's a, con- a clear consensus that it's going to be Golden State versus Cleveland round four in the play- in the finals yet again. Sure. Um, but if it is, it- would DeAndre Jordan be able to keep up with JaVale McGee when he's running up and down the court? Yes. 
um, they would be able to match each other defensively. But offensively, DeAndre Jordan wouldn't wouldn't benefit the Cavs at all, other than putbacks and, and alley oop dunks, pick but and rolls. pick and rolls. But then even when he pick and he rolls to the rim, I wouldn't give him the ball unless it's a clear dunk, two hand dunk. But other than that, I, I wouldn't give him the ball unless he can go two hand dunk or an alley oop. That's about the only time that you can pass it to him. I think I think he could do really well off the pick and roll because you got a guy like Isaiah Thomas. Yes, he's gonna be fast as hell. Yep. And then you got a guy like LeBron James. So it's like, who are you gonna cover off this pick and roll? Yep. Are you gonna double team LeBron and leave DeAndre open, or are you gonna stay on LeBron and potentially have or stay stay one on one and then get burned when yeah, you go to the paint? Just or you can and dunks on you. pull off a guy from the wings where you have Kyle Korver staying in the corner, jacking threes, Kevin Love. Jacking threes, Dwayne right. Wade getting a, a pick and pop kind of move. There were I, weapons. I personally like it a lot because right now the way that it looks like is that the Cavaliers' offense is very predictable, where mm-hmm. it's just a drive and a dish out for a three. So I think that that pick and roll um, aspect. offense aspect is gonna add a lot of layers to the offense unpredictability. True, that is very true. Um, it's definitely a work in progress. I I would like to see where it goes. Um, then, then again, the trade deadline is fast approaching. It's definitely within a month. So if this deal is going to be made, it's going to have to be made relatively soon. Um, keep your ears open for that one there, uh, fans and people. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting in this month to come about any trades. I know there's another trade rumor going around as well about, uh, coming out of New Orleans Pelicans camp (laughs) with Anthony Davis rumors. I, about going to the Golden State Warriors. I've also heard stipulations and, and press release that they are not actively shopping and Anthony Davis, they are listening to offers there and stuff of that nature. As a GM, you gotta at least listen. You have to listen. If you're not doing your job if you're not listening for anything. Of course, you're not gonna make a trade, yeah. but you, you have to listen. Um, do you have any more about that Anthony Davis potentially to Golden State? Um, so from what I've read at least, um, they may not necessarily make that trade right now. No. But they do have long-term goals to obtain Anthony Davis and to retain him as part of the core. But uh, I don't know what they're going to have to give up in order to do that or if Anthony Davis is going to give anything up because, I mean, they've got four all-stars on their starting lineup right now. Yep. I would imagine that it might be somebody like Clay that has to go. Have to. They're not going to want to give up uh, Curry or Durant. Yeah. I feel like... Draymond is the core of the team. I, I feel like Draymond is the core of the defensive aspect of the team. Like so, so you are right. He, if you had to lose one of the four All Stars, unfortunately, as much as it pains me, because out of those four, my favorite out of the four is Clay Thompson. Yeah, but but Clay Thompson would be the one that would have to go. Um, it's a shame, but I mean he's an elite scorer. Yep. He plays great defense. Yeah, but I mean with. Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and Stephen Curry. Do you need an elite scorer? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, you would need a defender, but then Anthony Davis is good on defense. You still have Draymond Green, who's good you at have defense. Defender, defensive player of the year, mm. and uh, this year's defensive player, player of the, the year. year. Like, no, it, it's unnecessary. You have the length of Kevin Durant, who can yeah. guard pretty much from the two guard all the way to the five. Yeah. Um. So no, it's true. If you had to lose someone, it would probably be Clay Thompson and a draft pick, or or even Iguodala, off the bench as well with a veteran presence. Right, and he's getting a pretty penny too. He is, yeah, so he is getting paid. He's definitely, still. somebody you can. Offer he would have to trade. go. Um, I don't know if it would benefit the team 
as well. It, it, it would come down to chemistry as well because Anthony Davis for Clay Thompson, yes, I think it would be an improvement. It would have to see what the chemistry would be like in the in the locker room. Clay Thompson's only ever been a warrior. That's the only team he's known. The core, the nucleus of the team, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson only ever have been warriors. Yep. Um so removing one of those key pieces out there, that could hurt a locker room. Maybe not on the game, the court itself, like stat lines, mm-hmm. but you are around your family members. These guys are brothers, like more it's or a less. trust issue with exactly. management as well. Exactly as well with management. If, if they are willing to give up your brother, what makes you think they're not willing to give up you if the mm-hmm. price is right as well? Um, I can't see it being an overall improvement. And I don't think that they would do it purely because the Warriors organization and management team is very well is very well run. I, I like the ownership. They're great. Um, I can't see them dealing Clay, Clay Thompson for Anthony Davis. But then again, it wouldn't be the, the first su- surprise in the NBA world to me. So. Right. I don't know. Um, other than any other big trade rumors or... Yeah, uh... One of the things that I've kind of been interested in as well, too, we've talked about also uh, Marcus Gasol possibly getting traded to the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a guy that a lot of teams are looking at. But uh, there's been some talk about uh, maybe the Cavaliers trying to pursue Tyreek Evans. Mm. And uh, I picked him up this year from my fantasy basketball team. He's performing tremendously well, much better than I think anybody expected. Especially defensively. Yeah, he's looking like... Uh, Practically like what he was looking like in his rookie year. Like mm-hmm. he had an amazing rookie year, and then it just Sacramento. fell off a bit. And now it looks like he's picked back up. It is. To me, I credit Tyreek Evans' improvement in, from this year is just ball. Just giving the ball, giving opportunities. He is just just getting making the most of the opportunity that he is getting nowadays. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's on a little bit of a lesser team. The Grizzlies aren't uh, as competitive as Conley's they should out. be. Conley's out. There's more opportunity for him. But hey, you got to give the man credit. He's taking advantage of that opportunity. But some people might shy away from that. Um, Granted, I don't know if Tyreek Evans would be a benefit for the Cavaliers. He's sort of in the same range as the Amon Shumpert, Jay Crowder, 3 and D, more about on the defensive end of things. Can get into the paint if he wants to. I think he's a a great ball handler Mm -hmm. and he's a great playmaker. Yep. Um, especially for his size too, he's a pretty big. He can play point guard, and he's gonna be a big point guard. Yeah. So he goes having one, another, one three. yeah, having another playmaker off the bench or something like that, that's gonna be pretty strong. But then at the same time, you're gonna be cutting into guys like Dwayne Wade, who likes to have the ball in his hands. You already got a playmaker like Isaiah Thomas. You already got a guy like LeBron. These are all mm-hmm. guys that need the ball in their hands. So. When you have so many guys that need the ball in their hands to get a rhythm, like Iman Shumpert, mm-hmm. sometimes they can't get into that rhythm and be effective as, as effective as you need them to be. Another rhythm guy is J.R. Smith. He mm-hmm. needs the ball in his hands in the right positions to get his rhythm going. Right. And then when he does get his rhythm going, the rim is the size of a beach ball. To him. Like it's, it's huge. Right. Um, so yeah, it's all rhythm-based. I don't know if Tyreek Evans would be able to fit seamlessly into the the way that the Cavaliers play their their style. Something else to keep your eye open for, for any deals. But I, it's almost guaranteed that the Cavaliers are going to make a move before the trade deadline. 
just to do something. If it is DeAndre Jordan, Tyreek Evans, just to make some sort of improvement um, on their organization, it, it is inevitable. It's going to happen. What's going to happen, we don't know. I think it's going to be great to watch. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is uh, last week we touched on the referee situation. Mm-hmm. So pretty much right after we finished the podcast and we talked about what the league can do better with refereeing and everything like that, um, Draymond voiced out on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was he he said something like they need to do a complete sweep new. and yep. just get a brand new set of referees. A, a new crop. He said... Uh, I- not quoted, but he said that we need a new crop of referees in the league because there's too many situations where refs make calls based on situations that they past situations that they had with the players. Um, there's a lot of I remember what you did a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago or last season, so I'm not giving you this call this time because of something that you did in the past. To Draymond's credit, I I totally understand that there are a lot of vendettas, a lot of personal i'm not giving you what you deserve because of the way you treated in the past or the way you acted in the past mm-hmm. a new crop of referees that might not be the answer um retraining referees yes that could very well be it um or keeping referees accountable for the calls that they make and, and the missed calls that they make as well um i don't know because making a new crop of refs that's going to be taking away from a lot of people's livelihoods and that's not I'm sure that's not what Draymond Green is alluding right. to, but I don't know if you have any more to add on to that there, Dan. So, from watching some of the games recently, there's a lot of talk. Um, I mean, um, Reggie Reggie talks a lot about how the refs in the past, some of them that have been there for years and years and years, now that they've retired, they do have some younger refs coming in here. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people are saying, like, these refs are taking things too personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been uh, reports of some refs saying like, hey, uh, they're coming into these games saying like, hey, I'm not scared of these guys. Yeah. Like, I'm really, the what, boss. What, what do you have to be scared of? You're here to come ref the games. Mm-hmm. The people didn't come to watch you play, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of the times with the old refs, when they make a, a call or something like that, um, players would be able to come and talk to them and voice their opinion and stuff like that. And then um, the referees would at least listen, even if they don't say anything back. But a lot of these times right now, you see refs like putting up their hands, yep. um, just turning their backs on them. It's very There's a lot of disrespect uh, going both ways. Mm-hmm. So I think all of this kind of stuff is building up. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like A lot of announcers, you hear them saying like what refs used to do when they try to make a, a statement for themselves would be, you know, you, you give them the you let you let the players speak their piece. Mm-hmm. Um, once they're done, you say, okay, um, this is a warning. That's it. Like next time, you get a tech. Yeah. And then once you start throwing techs out, people are gonna have to respect it because they're gonna want to play. Exactly, and they're gonna know that this is the the line in the sand that anything past this is gonna be a tech. Anything before this, I'll let you get your your voice, your opinion. I will somewhat give you a rebuttal on what I think happened. But then that's where it ends. Right. The ref's rule and the ref's call is final. Players have to understand that and players have to move on from that as well. Um, there's a lot of not moving on and a lot of, I don't want to say fighting, but a lot of complaining in calls that didn't go their way. 
but which is a part of basketball. There's no way any ref will call a perfect game. It's impossible. I know we like to think that they're, they are perfect refs, and no one makes mistakes, but it is a judgment call, and judgments sometimes are off. You would have to understand that. There's no way there's going to be a perfect game. There's no perfect solution to this as well. That's why. That's what makes basketball so fun. It's the real aspect of it all. I know bridging off of that as well, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has said that players from the uh, Player Association want to take time during the All-Star break to sit down with the Referee Association and try and hash out some of these, I don't want to say miscommunication, but some of these debates and situations that are arising between the refs and the players. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver has given his consent and his blessing on that. He thinks it's going to be beneficial. I, I love Adam Silver as well, and I think it's going to be beneficial for the league also to have both of these two sides come down and sit down and try and look at uh, solutions to the problems. I don't see anything happening, especially this year, but it's always good to at least have some dialect and some dialogue going back and forth. Right. Well, you never know. There might be some change uh, that does happen but before the end of the year. Um, one of the things we, we're always talking about the refs. The thing is, like, when you're talking about the refs, you know that's a bad thing because yeah. nobody should be talking about the refs. No. But um, one of the good things that people have been talking about recently was just uh, LeBron James made a post, I think, yesterday and uh, about his play in the final second of the game um, where it was an out-of-bounds call. And he, during the game, he didn't agree with it, mm-hmm. but after the game, looking back on it, he did uh, commend the refs and say that was a good call. I was out of bounds. So, But, of course, in that, uh, when he gave the refs c- credit for that, it was sort of a backhanded compliment as well. Because in his tweet that he said, he said, going over the game from it was a correct call, I did step out of bounds. I guess I had to be in Oklahoma for <laughs> that to work. Because that's alluding to when um, Giannis Antetokounmpo right. stepped out of bounds on the Oklahoma Thunder court. Yet they still called it inbounds, gave him the basket, and then the thunder and then the thunder lost that game. So yes, LeBron James tried to take the high road of saying, referees, you got it right. Backhanded compliment saying it's another one of these LeBron cryptic quotes. Exactly. <laughs> on the good job this time, what happened last time? Right. So I don't know. I love LeBron. I love his his tweets. If you aren't following LeBron James on Twitter, you gotta get on that. He has some funny, funny tweets. Um yeah, the refs aren't perfect. We understand that, but hey, they try their best. And we understand that players aren't perfect as well. But with- so that more or less wraps up everything we have this week. Um, yeah, we're cutting, up the, cutting the podcast a bit short this week short just this because week. of scheduling. But uh, before we go, I do want to give a shout out to some friends uh, at uh, Caribbean 101 Radio. There's a uh, a show that happens, I think, every 4 o'clock on Sundays or 4.30. Uh, it's called The Truth. Five women, five voices, five truths, five views. Check them out. Um, they talk about like sex, status, relationships. Real life drama, real life antidotes that are great. And they, they relate to everyone's life in some sort of way. Yeah, so you guys got to check them out, especially in the city of Toronto. Uh, give them a listen. They're live. They do the show live. You can call in and speak with them. So it's it's going to be really fun for them. That, it's really good. Uh, it's a great show. I, I know they started about a week ago here now. It's a great, great show. You have to get a, a, on that. Uh, I love it here myself. 
Um, but here, before we sign off here, we're going to wrap it up with a quick updated of the all-star voting here. If you guys yeah. have not voted yet, get your votes in there ASAP. It does wrap up January 15th, 12 o'clock midnight Eastern Standard Time. Get your tweets in, your Instagram posts, your votes on NBA.com. Any way that they're taking votes, get it in there. A quick update about the leaders out of the Eastern Conference. Last podcast, it was Giannis that was up by a few votes there. It has been surpassed by the King. LeBron James is sitting at 1.6 million votes, votes, where Giannis has fallen just shy of 1.4. The third place um, potential captain on that as well right now is Kyrie Irving at 1.3 for the East. And then going over to the West Conference, Steph Curry has passed his teammate in... um, Kevin Durant to be number one in the West with 1.3, 1.36. That's even closer than it is with LeBron and Giannis. And, Giannis. and then Kevin Durant is sitting at 1.32 for the uh, Western Conference uh, champion. I'm going to vote for or Kevin captain. Durant. I never I, I would, for Curry, so. I would prefer <laughs> to Kevin Durant as a captain as well because I think there's more storylines out of Durant if he picks Westbrook, if he picks LeBron, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, but just a quick update of the starting fives. If the va- fan votes ended as of January the 11th, day end of January 11th. So the starting guards would be looking like Steph Curry and James Harden for the Western Conference. And then the front court would be Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Draymond Green would be the starters if it all ended as of yesterday. The Western Conference it is looking like it's Kyrie Irving as the starting point guard. DeMar DeRozan from your Toronto Raptors as the number two guard. Um, There's a little bit of room between him and Ben Simmons, who's third. So it looks like DeMar is going to be a starter of the All-Star game. Continue to get your votes in to make sure that happens. Um, And then the front court for the East is LeBron James, the Greek freaking Giannis, and then finally wrapping it up with uh, Dan's Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Um, so that's big, big a starter, news a as starter, a starter. As a rookie. As a rookie Oh, starter. no, he's not a rookie. Never mind. Well, <laughs> he played 32 games in the last two years. He is a <laughs> three rookie. Years. To me. Three years. He's a rookie to me. So I'm sorry. Like, But, but granted, he was in the NBA for a while. But yeah. he is looking to get his first NBA All-Star start. Very well earned. Trust the process. He worked his ass off. I, I'm a Joel Embiid fan. Um, very entertaining to watch on the court with his play with other players. Even more entertaining drama. to watch after, off the court. I was going to say that as well. <laughs> the drama that he has off the court with uh, Demarcus Cousins, um, Andre Whiteside, Andre, Andre Drummond. Drummond basically Wad- any big. Any big from the East, you're going to have beef with Joel. It's great. Um, but those are your starting fives for the East and the West. Continue to get your votes and you still have this weekend. Um... Let's see if we can get your starter or your favorite player in the All-Star game as well. Yeah. Um, perfect. Well, thank you guys for giving us a listen here this week. Uh, sorry for the shorter shows than normal, but we gave you an extra long one last week. So this should just tie you over for there. All right. Yeah. Peace out. Perfect. Have a good one.